Ryan Boyd. And I'm Sam Bernardo. And we are here with the Fadcast number, what is this, Sam? Cinco. Cinco, that's right, number five. Yeah, I like um, it. You like it? So back with number five, uh, today we are going to be talking to Dr. of Veterinary Medicine, Mark Wilhelm, Mark Williams, <laughs> um, personal friend of Sam Bernardo's and uh, uh, very experienced veterinarian, works out at Agua Dolce Sweetwater, Sweetwater Veterinary Clinic um, near Santa Clarita, actually. The city's Agua Dolce, right, Sam? Yes. And, yeah. and he's also actually uh, uh, been a surgeon at a, at a spay or neuter day we've had once or twice. Yes, yes. He has done uh, some spay and neuter work for us, pro bono, as they say. Um, usually they don't. Most of the doctors have to get paid. But uh, Mark, uh, famously not interested in money. <laughs> So that's that's great. You know, uh, he also does car repair, paints houses. What else does he do? And uh, we're also going to talk to Mike Ryan, um, a dog rescuer and um, a man with two first names, man with two first names and friend of Faith Easdale of Dreamfetchers Rescue. And um, we'll get him on the phone and talk to him a little Ooh, bit. What he everyone does might recall yeah. our first podcast. Was that's with right. Faith that's Easdale. right. That's right. Faith Easdale. She's a lovely lady. Yes. Fantastic. And so I, I talked to her about coming back on the podcast and she said, well, why don't you talk to Mike before I come back on? Which um, is a Mike's polite way been, of telling us. No, thank you. no, no. She said before <laughs> she comes back on. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, but uh, it, because Mike's been helping her out a lot recently and, and Mike uh, has some interesting stuff to say. So we'll get Mike on and talk to him as well. But in the meantime, before we get started with all those interviews, um, what's going on in the world of free animal doctor it's a humid summer day in the city of sierra madre the various heavy trucks that go up and down in front of sam's house seem to have petered out but if you hear any truck noise in the background we apologize for it we're trying to save money um by leaving the uh the windows open and not using the air conditioner how's that going sam are you feeling hot no, it's, it's a fairly comfortable day. Fans are on, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah. A little stuffy, a little humid, but yeah, that's all right. Um, our dog walks are doing really well. We had 10 people do our dog walk in Venice this morning. And we, you know, and we went on a dog walk this past Monday. On Monday, we had a corporate group of 25. and From our, Australia. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, our um, San Diego event on the same day um, had 16 people. So that was whatever, 25 what, plus 16. Was that some sort of church? It was a church group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So four, I'm doing the math in my head, 41 people. Am I saying that right? So, uh, so that's yeah, a pretty yeah. good day. And uh, we've got a full weekend. So it um, looks like travel's coming back. Um, the group in Venice today was all um, non-locals, people and a number of people from outside of the United States. Visitors. So, visitors, yes. Um, well, there's sort of the... I think of it as three levels. You have the people within California. Somebody comes down from San Francisco for the weekend or whatever. Then you have sort of nationwide visits, you know, somebody from D.C. or New York. Yeah, international That's a travel. different. And then, of course, international. And especially if you're talking about like Australia, Japan, whatever, that's somebody making a significant trip. So um, good to see that all of that is happening. Uh, I do wish we could get a side effect of these gas prices would be that people would drive less. But on my way over here yet again on a Friday, traffic was packed, packed. Yeah. People uh, everywhere. That, that's, you know, yeah. At it, what it, price it, do people stop driving? I don't know. $10 a gallon. But if there's any positive thing from COVID-19, it was the traffic was. Yeah. Right. Right. There right. was no traffic. It was a nice town for a while. It was quite Los reduced. Angeles. So, Speaking of COVID-19, um, we've all perhaps gained a little weight and we certainly all got older. Yeah, COVID-20. 
Yeah. So the COVID-20, the freshman 15, the COVID. Imagine yeah. if you were a freshman during COVID. Well, I think most people got 19. I actually went to 20. There you go. That's a little fat. Um, so diet soda, famously no calories, but uh, also unhealthy. Yeah. Right. So I've been, but very addicting. Diet Coke. I mean, when you want a Diet Coke, if you're a Diet Coke-aholic, you want a Diet Coke. So we're looking for alternatives to Diet Coke. So I... What, he, what he's really saying is yeah. that, that we, Ryan and I both are addicted to Diet Coke and we have Drink a problem. Drink too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going on on air saying, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a Coke-aholic. That's right. And I intended to start this today, but in my rush to get over here, I forgot. I've been buying alternative beverages and what I'm looking for is no or almost no sugar content. A little bit of sugar can be okay, but certainly it has to be significantly less than you would normally have in a soda. And no artificial sweetener, right? No, uh, what is it? NutraSweet, aspartame, no stevia, yeah, none, none of that. Right. Yeah. And um, we're going to test those out here live on the podcast. We're going to get a Diet Coke and the <laughs> test product. Sam and I are going to try them, not having tried before, and we're going to rate whether um we're able to uh kick the habit yeah w whether this is a product that i could actually consider an alternative to diet coke or not it's a little bit try like trying the uh the uh vegan hot dog you yeah, know yeah right sometimes like it's so disappointing you're like no this well, can't yeah, replace a hot dog really tasty, but some, yeah they've, are, they've, are, they're are getting not. there they're getting there so sam thinks it's a little bit of a silly idea but i, I think it's it's going to be fabulous fabulous programming argument, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I'm so dedicated to it that I forgot to even bring them today. So that'll be next week. But you know what? Enough about Diet Coke and um, artificial sweetener. Why don't we go ahead and bring in Mark Williams? What do you say, Sam? Oh, that's a great idea. All right. Well, we're going to talk about um, vomiting, diarrhea, gastrointestinal issues, and how you can, you know, maybe be a little less stressed out about that. Um, things that you can do at home to help with it if it happens in your dog and what to look for where you might think or come to know that, hey, this is something um, serious that I do need to go to the vet for as opposed to maybe something that um, is a little more common. And, yeah, uh, and maybe some home remedies. That you some can... home remedies. All right. Well, instead of talking about what we're going to talk about, what do you say we we'll talk about it? We'll ask him. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we go. Uh, we're going to bring in Mr. Williams or actually Dr. Williams. Okay, we're back with Mark Williams, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, DVM. Sam, anything oh, to say? No, are you just, here? Hi, Mark. Are you there? Hello, Mark. It's Sam. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it is this Sam. Yeah. I, I told Sam that uh, uh, that Mark's on the phone, and Sam went to sleep. So yeah. um, I'm old. Well, I'm yeah, old. there you That's go. That's Sam. He's he's busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm Dr. Mark Williams. I am the former owner and, and current medical director of Sweetwater Veterinary Clinic in Aguadulce, California. It's a four doctor mixed animal practice, um, and uh, I primarily work on horses, dogs, and cats. Hmm. There you go. Excuse me for taking a sip of coffee, um, everybody. So, Mark, uh, you were on a previous podcast, uh, Fadcast uh, number two, I believe it was, Sam. Was it I the think, second I think one? That's right, yeah. Um, and um, we talked about fleas and flea prevention, and everybody can go back and check that out. Let's Spe go now. Yeah. Speaking of number two. Yeah. Um, well, hey, there's a good <laughs> That's a segue. Uh, uh, I, ha I have a Jack Wawa, which is a Jack Russell Chihuahua mix. Named Bob. Named Bob. And you might know the daily Bob. Yes. Bob is 
constantly having um, this is an GI exaggeration. issues. He's Not constantly. He has diarrhea. He's always eating something that he shouldn't be eating. And so I'm constantly going to Mark asking for help and guidance. And I just thought, you know, this is something that I, I, I tend to have a lot of problems with. Maybe the rest of the population. I has think a people do. And I think people, um, some people, uh, because diarrhea is messy and annoying and, and, and can be and hard to scary. Spell. Yeah. And hard to spell and vomiting, especially among dogs, I mean, or not among dogs, especially to people is what I meant to say, um, is like a real shocking thing. Although I think dogs and wild animals vomit more, uh, than perhaps we do. But in any case, it can cause people to really worry that there's something wrong with their dog and to, to really freak out. And it's also something that, you know, if it's happening, you want to try to prevent it, whatever. And it's very common, as you said, Sam. And so we've got Mark on here to tell us about it. So tell us about it, Mark. Well, Why do dogs vomit and poop water? So basically, um, vomiting is a, is a physiologic response or something the body wants to do to get rid of something that's irritating. Diarrhea is typically caused as well by irritation at the other end of the gastrointestinal tract where the normal movement time of material through the intestinal tract is sped up. And as a result of some compromise, the water is not normally absorbed. So you get that lovely, wet, stinky mass coming out one end or the other. Okay. Um, you know, with vomiting, with both situations, far and large, unfortunately, it's, it has to do with dogs' behavior. Dogs love to put things in their mouths, and often those things are not things they should. Um, so they can cause significant irritation on one or both ends. Uh, typically, 85-plus percent of the time, it's a relatively self-limiting thing that, um, uh, you know, can be cured often just with time or with some, just some basic therapy. Um, you know, the remaining 10% of time, um, uh, will take more effort and possibly some lifelong therapy. And then the final few percentages could significantly, um, be responsive or we, because of some serious internal problem. Okay. So the more, the majority of the things are relatively mild and self-limiting and you know often the worry of uh something being fatal is often a very small percentage. Okay. And by self-limiting you mean it's something that is going to take care of itself in time. Yeah, either take care of itself or be helped along by some pretty basic therapy. Okay. Now bef what we're going to talk about and what I think people will find very useful are some simple remedies for that 85 to 90 percent of the time that you can do at home without going to the doctor or that you can ask your doctor for if you uh, uh, do go to the doctor so you're informed and know what you're doing um, and maybe don't end up spending a thousand dollars on tests for your dog that just has diarrhea because he ate a a nasty hot dog when you weren't looking and, off and the street. Before, before we right. get before we get there, uh -huh. Mark, am I correct in understanding that my dog Bob, gosh, he eats cat poop out of the cat litter. He eats socks. He eats toys that he has. I mean, all of these things and more can create internal stress. Correct. Yeah, or or you can write a book, Bob's Diet, to how to uh, <laughs> get right. fame, fortune, and multiple visits to the vet. That's right. That's right. We get Gordon Ramsay to uh, participate right. in that. Um, right. Right. Um, Bob's Kitchen. Um, but uh, but 
before we get to that, which is probably the most useful, still, a lot of people are going to say, okay, it's only a 1% chance that my dog vomiting and pooping this diarrhea all over the house is something really serious. But I care about my dog and I'm really worried and this is really nasty and it's really scary. Are there any ways, like, what would you say to somebody? Like, how, how can a person at home have some determination of, of whether this is the 90% or the, you know, the 1%? Yeah, I mean, the things, the things you always have to rely on is you are the best uh, observer of your animal's behavior at home. You know what they do day to day. You know what their mm -hmm. personality is like. You know what okay. their water consumption is like. You know what their appetites are like. So those are kind of one of the primary things you look at to evaluate the, um, the problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, basically, if the dog has vomited a couple times, but it is lively and happy and still able to keep some water down and um, is not really painful when you, when you hold them, especially by the abdomen, there's going to be a lot less chance of concern unless the dog is fairly elderly. Mm -hmm. Then there would be if the dog was very sullen or lethargic, the dog was unable to hold down any kind of material at all. The dog was very painful in the abdomen. Those would be a lot more serious concerns. Okay. okay. One concern in veterinary medicine we see all the time that freaks people out is blood in the, in the um, feces. Right. Uh, dogs, dogs are equipped to shed the cells of their intestinal tract much more easily than people. So where, whereas blood in the feces is a critical emergency in people, it is something that often the dog's GI tract just does to deal with the irritation. So you kind of have to look at the big picture there too. Okay. Um, because, uh, you know, bloody stools and an otherwise very vigorous dog will probably not be the serious concern it would be with you and me. Okay. So if I'm hearing you, what I'm, seeing as sort of a takeaway for the layperson at home is an emphasis on the dog's activity level. If your dog is otherwise behaving pretty much like normal, as far as walking around, doing whatever it does, that's a very good sign. Whereas if the dog is not just vomiting, pooping, maybe pooping blood, but also not wanting to do anything, laying still, that not eating, that becomes a concern. And then yeah, Sam, okay. Sam says not eating, not able to hold down any kind of water. That's what that Those was a, all be the next one I was going to go to is that, yeah, you were saying if uh, the dog still drinks water and holds down the water, that's a good sign. But if your dog drinks water and then immediately throws the water up, that is a little more concerning. OK. And blood in the stool, yeah. not necessarily something to worry about. And that's that's a great example. I'm sorry. We've got some truck noise out here. We'll let this uh, truck go by. Sam lives on a quiet street and a quiet freeway. suburb that is also like the heavily yeah. industrialized yeah. street on earth. It is nonstop trucks on Montecito Avenue yeah. all day long. Um, yeah, Sam's Sam's cardboard box on the freeway is not very sound insulated. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're we're lying to everybody. We are recording this under the uh, 101 on Alvarado Street. In, That's uh, right. In, Got our new tents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And a grocery cart. And, uh, did we get did that? And I guess uh, something else, Ryan, to kind of always mm -hmm. look at in the background is duration. How long has it been going right. on? Well, it's that been was going, going be, on twelve hours. Yeah. You know. what, what, give us some duration times that where we might start to get worried. I mean, less than twenty-four hours, and looking at all the above things, I would be a lot less concerned if it okay. goes into that, especially that second day, 
And and if things are increasing, as far as the vomiting is increasing okay. or the diarrhea is getting more severe, those would be all signs that something needs to happen sooner versus later. Okay, okay. And, and when I call you and ask these same questions, what do you tell me to do to fix these? How do I treat these well, animals? But before we get no. to that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pop into that. I Because I do want to emphasize to people, you know, these things always seem to happen on the weekend on a Saturday or Sunday. (laughs) And if you can wait, you save a lot of money not going to the emergency vet. So if it doesn't, if you're taking the tips that Mark is uh, saying here um, and giving it some time, um, you're going to do a lot better. And then also, you know, being, um, I guess, educated to the fact that maybe I've seen veterinarians, somebody comes in with a dog that's vomiting and they just want to run every test in the book. We want to do this test, this test, $1,500 in test. And maybe if you uh, are a little more knowledgeable, you know that that might not be necessary depending on the situation. But going to Sam's question, okay, Fluffy is vomiting, diarrhea. Well, let's let's go with the diarrhea because that's a nasty one that, that, that happens. And like you said, blood in the diarrhea can even uh, does not be a concern with, with dogs. My dog's doing that. What are some home things, things I can do at home to help firm him up or her? Yeah, we should. Sam should be able to repeat this by road. He's had to do it so many times. All right. <laughs> um, you know, the first thing to consider, gentlemen, is just basically um, intestinal rest. Giving the dog 18, 12 to 18 hours of no food and very small amounts of water. Okay. The, the second thing is to So think if your dog about, has diarrhea, stop feeding it. Yeah. I mean, basically but give it, give it some, some rest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And small amount. I mean, unfortunately, because sometimes when they're irritated and stressed or you're not feeding them, they'll get stressed and they drink a bunch of water, then vomiting will be a problem just because they overconsume the water. Okay. Um, so small amounts of water at, at each individual time. Okay. Um, then think about, um, you know, bland food, something that doesn't have a lot of seasoning in it, doesn't have a lot of byproducts something that their intestines won't have to work very hard as far as really high protein or really high sugar content. Okay. Um, the perfect example is unseasoned cooked chicken and unseasoned cooked white or brown rice. Perfect. Um, the third thing as far as probiotic, I mean, as far as, as at-home treatment is, yeah, something to slow down the transit time. Um, some car- some excuse me, some pumpkin, if you can get that down them in small frequent amounts, Oh, and just one more thing before I get as far as the bland food, think about for at least the short term, multiple small meals. So less is going in more often. So their system is not getting overwhelmed just by the volume. Okay. Um, Would you recommend boiling the chicken as the best way to cook it for this situation? Hydrolyzed, as they say? Ideally, sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, but I mean, anything you do that doesn't add a lot of of char or or other things to it would be probably the the best thing to do ideal but not necessary but but bland chicken chicken breast not fatty um uh and um uh i'm sorry what was the uh, rice rice that you said white or brown rice and then pumpkin is a good one you can buy canned pumpkin in the store just check it to make sure that it is just pumpkin there's no sugar added yeah, because they do have, have a lot of sugar and things like yeah, that there and, are pumpkin in the can where they've added sugar and other stuff to it for um right cooking you don't right. want and that giving, you want the pure pumpkin and you mentioned something else it, what was the other thing besides pumpkin psyllium psyllium how do you spell that p-s-y-l-l-i-u-m oh wow okay what is psyllium yeah 
it's a husk of a plant that uh, is uh, when it gets in contact with water, it becomes very sticky. Okay. So it becomes kind of a goo and uh, um, hydroscopic. You know, it will. Mm. It, it will. It's hydro. Yeah, it's hydroscopic, so it will absorb some water. It will cause a decrease in transit time. And that's what pumpkin does as well, right? Effect, yeah, essentially. A, they're both bulking agents. How do I, where do I buy psyllium? Uh, I know uh, where I buy pumpkin, you know, Trader Joe's. It, but, yeah. You can buy it at a feed store or a pet store. Okay. Um, you could buy it at, at Whole Foods or, or Trader Joe's, just straight pumpkin or, you know, a, um, a natural food store. Okay. And we humans use you psyllium, know, and what product would that be in? What's that? I said we humans use psyllium or take psyllium. Yeah, it's in Metamucil and Fibrol. You want to try to avoid those with dogs because they've got a lot of sugar in them. Yeah, that's right. Don't give your dogs human medicine except yes. in certain yes. specific cases. But it's yeah. it's the ingredient in those for people, but don't give those yeah, people. Just go get It's the active yeah, ingredient. Right. The sugar just makes it palatable for people. And will dogs eat psyllium? Um, you could mix it in a small amount of bland food. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. And I get it. Okay. At like a feed store or a, a yeah. certain pet store. Spell it one and more both time. Those things you'd probably want to give for an average, like 50 pound dog. You'd probably give, I'd say, um, a couple of tea, couple, two, three teaspoons at a time. Okay. What about like a Bob dog, a 10, 15 pound dog? Yeah. Like a half to one teaspoon. Okay. At a time. And can you spell psyllium one more time for us? P S Y L L I U M. Thank you. All right. I'll put that in the show notes. Psyllium. I, I just, I, you learn something new every day. All right. So there we go. But uh, pumpkin's a, a good and easy accessible one. And I thought I heard yeah, you mention carrots. Did you it, say sure. carrots? No. I mean, I, I misspoke. Misspoke. Okay. So they, not carrots. They've got too much sugar in them. Okay. Okay. No carrots. All right. All right. Very good. All right. And then um, what about... Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Oh, so, so, and I've done this with Bob, you know, again, Sam... Uh, Minimize the upset and his GI tract by right. lessening the food. Mm-hmm. And how long do you think this is, should take before we see some results? 24 hours, something like that? Maybe longer? Yeah. I mean, if you're not seeing an improvement within 24 hours, or especially if it's getting worse, I would be concerned. Okay. Yeah, I've given dogs pumpkin, and I mean, it may just be coincidental. It may have happened anyway. But I, I've seen, I mean, literally their, their next uh, poop, their next bowel movement was solid right and um it slows things down yeah yeah and they make a thing called uh, there's a particular brand called firm up i'm sure there's others it's a dehydrated pumpkin that you can buy like at the at the uh, pet store and Mm -hmm. you you can you know put that in your cabinet and there it is for when you need it but of course you can buy canned pumpkin as as well um and i i Mm -hmm. have found that dogs will eat pumpkin they like pumpkin and squash most dogs and especially if you put a little something with it. But, um, okay. Now what about medications? Let's say we're doing the pumpkin, but maybe we need to move it up a level. Are there any over the counter medications that you would recommend or do we got to go to the doctor and get a prescription? I mean, um, you know, you could search, look at, uh, probiotics, Mm -hmm. um, as far as kind of helping digestion and reducing transit time. Um, you have to be really cautious with the emodiums and things like that because, some of those things are either can are not tolerated well by dogs or even like with cats. If you try to give a cat Pepto-Bismol that has uh, um, salicylic acid in it, it's poisonous to them. Right. So you have to be a little cautious with those. Right. Okay. Yeah. And there's some artificial sweeteners now that are being added to human medicines yeah. that are poisonous to animals. So, yeah. I mean, I just think uh, as a general rule, 
if it's sold in the grocery store or the pharmacy for people, don't give it to your dog unless a doctor specifically told you to. Yeah, I, I think that's the the way to go there. That'd be my general advice. Um, okay, what about prescription medications? I go to my doctor. What's my doctor probably going to give me for my vomiting dog? So it, basically, typically they will you know, do an assessment to make sure that uh, a foreign body doesn't be, seem to be a problem that's stuck. And then possibly, um, as far as therapy, doing some kind of anti-emetic therapy, being metoclopramide or, or uh, uh, a brand name drug called Serenia. Mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah, Serenia seems to work well in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in certain breeds like miniature schnauzers, they will put them on some antibiotics because they're very prone to pancreatitis. Okay. Um, and then looking at some of the other things as well. Those are typically kind of the basic things that are started. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I apologize. I didn't uh, bring this up before, but you just made me think of something because this happened uh, to me. Um, you take a dog in, especially to like the ER, vomiting, diarrhea, and they want to do a pancreas test. And they're about $400 at an emergency vet, this test. Is that really a four or $500 I need to spend at that time, or would that be something that I would wait and see if the condition goes away? Because that's a lot of money to test for something that I think most dogs don't have, a, especially if they're younger. It's not the pancreas. It's they ate some rotten cat poop or something. What do you think? I mean, I would sure grill the vet as far as what their assessment is and what they're thinking. Okay. I mean, unfortunately, I think a lot of the emergency clinics have fallen into the um, pathway of defensive medicine. So they want to get more answers as opposed to less. And unfortunately, those answers are can be very expensive sometimes. I wanted you to say it. All right. Thank you. OK. All right. Because um, that's that's my opinion as well. But but OK, perfect. OK. And yeah. And so you would generally agree in an otherwise young and healthy dog. The chance that the pancreas is a problem is probably low. Yeah, their problem is they won't see the dog again. So they want to mm. they want to be a little more of absolute, oh, whereas in a day practice. Um, we'll see you tomorrow if you still need to. So it can be more of a step-by-step -step process. Right, right. And that goes back to my whole idea of, of getting people through the weekend with their vomiting or diarrhea dog because uh, you right. save a lot of money going to your regular vet or a regular vet, a normal uh, vet clinic as opposed to an emergency room. And this goes back to, um, I guess, uh, back podcast to, two where, where mm. uh, Mark pointed out that owners should become um, friendly or with their veterinarian. Oh, look at Sam with the, the callback. Yeah, that's right. Find so, yourself so, yeah. a, a local vet and, and, and yeah. build a relationship mm -hmm. with, with you and your animal so that these that there's a history of these things. Right, right, right. Okay. And so, in, Sa in Sam's case, you lock Bob in an empty closet <laughs> and just beat him bread and water all weekend. There you go. There you go. And, and that's always on a Saturday night. Always. Hmm. So, okay. I think We've got some really good information there. Just to close this up, what are the remaining 10% of, of problems? What, 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 what's the bad news? What could this indicate, especially like you were saying, if the dog is lethargic or maybe you give us some other symptoms, you know, what, what could be bigger problems that the diarrhea and the vomiting is uh, yeah, symptomatic you look at, of? You look at foreign body ingestions. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, you know, anywhere from, you know, uh, small toys to socks to mm -hmm. T-shirts. Right. To a variety of incredible things that, 
Um, some of the, some of the pictures they show in the national magazines of things that dogs have eaten, you think, right. how on earth did they manage to get that down? Right. Um, when I was a, a, you know, a teenager, our golden retriever um, came up onto the deck. Yeah, I was living at home and it started doing the like it was going to throw up and we're all like, oh my gosh. And, you know, my dad kind of pulled his back legs under the yard so he wouldn't do it. And I kid you not, this dog threw up an entire squirrel. It was dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but it was the thought. It's like, how did he swallow an entire right. squirrel? How did, how did it manage to mechanically go down? Yeah, sure. exactly. And it, and it was a normal size squirrel. I mean, the tail, I mean, it stunk to heaven because it was partially, you know, whatever, uh, uh, digested. But yeah, exactly. An entire squirrel. But, um, okay. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. So, so yes, uh, your dog could no, have so eaten for, something and it's yeah, stuck so in the intestinal tract. Right. But then you look at more serious things like some kind of, uh, a physiologic problem, possibly they've been poisoned, they've been, um, uh, they've ingested some kind of caustic agent, they have uh, developed primary or secondary liver or kidney problems that is affecting um, their systems and causing significant nausea. Uh, cancer in older dogs can certainly cause some things, especially either a space occupying problem or affecting the uh, the internal structure of the stomach or the intestines and cause those kind of problems. Some poor dogs have uh, autoimmune or allergic to life or <laughs> uh, allergic situations where they are allergic to a lot of different kinds of foods and food products and develop either chronic vomiting or chronic diarrhea as a result of that. Okay. Okay. And what are some signs of pancreatitis um, besides vomiting and diarrhea? I mean, the first thing is breed. There are certain breeds that are very prone to it. Tell us. Um, ingestion, uh, miniature schnauzers are a pretty example. Pugs mm -hmm. are a pretty good example. French bulldogs, unfortunately, have become more of an example. Hmm. Um, eating fatty foods okay. is often a history that we see. Um, a very painful cranial abdomen. Okay. Um, and there's some fairly... Um, low-level diagnostic tests that can be very indicative of that. Okay. 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 All right. Um, and would you say there are, I, I think we'll end on this unless Sam has something, are there any breeds, in your opinion, that are specifically prone to vomiting or diarrhea and it's meaningless as far as like there's nothing wrong with them, they're just that kind of breed is <laughs> particularly sensitive to it? Besides Bob. Well, the, the perfect example to get away from dogs is cats. There's a <laughs> lot of cats that bomb it once a week. It's kind of a religious thing. <laughs> once a week, here it comes. <laughs> and that's just something they do, and especially when they're prone to hairballs. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Okay, that's a good breeds, point. Yeah. yeah, breeds looking at some of the more highly high-strung, closely bred, um, hmm. uh, nervous dogs. Okay. They tend to be more prone to it just because their systems are kind of on edge all the time anyways. Okay. 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 Sam? No, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm just listening. I agree with everything you say, Mark. Yeah. I think Bob's <laughs> Sam's, Sam's going to look for the empty closet. <laughs> yeah. I think Bob's problem is just that, that he eats stuff he shouldn't eat. He's just, he likes to go sniff and, and he's definitely one of those dogs that, um, you know, if there's something interesting, he'll put it in his mouth. You know, the right? other day we were on a walk and, yeah. and I, I was looking down at Bob and I see it's like he's got a smile on his face. I'm like, mm -hmm. what are you smiling about? I can see teeth, you know? Right. So I kept looking at him and I, I, I bent over and sure enough, he's got some bone or something that he's found. Right. He's taking it home with him. 
And so yeah. I got to pull it out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, some food that somebody threw out of their car or whatever, and it's been rotten in the sun for three days. Yeah, and yeah. It's got... Correct. Yeah. Hamburger. Yeah, exactly. The, do- the dogs that like to eat frogs and lizards, they present interesting because not only are they vomiting, but they're they're drooling like crazy because the skin of those animals are so uh, irritative and oh. people are convinced they're going to die. And it's just they've, they've eaten the wrong part of a frog or a lizard again. That causes them to drool a lot. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. They hypersalivate. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah, because we get that certainly here in Southern California, those little, I don't right. know if they're gecko, those little lizards, yeah, whatever they are. Bob's eating those. Before. Yeah, 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 yeah. They run around everywhere. Yeah. Dogs yeah. love to chase after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. And um, anything else, Sam? I think I just asked you, but you uh, just regaled us with your anecdote of Bob. Yes. No. Uh, I'm Mark. Thanks. Yeah. I, I think that was a good one, Bob. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bob's kind of our test subject. What has Bob done now? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, the the lethargy test might be hard with Bob because he's over here sleeping. Um, but then it's a little but bit you can stuffy. Tell, I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. You can tell when Bob's not feeling well. I mean, I I know when it's yeah, kind of serious. He's yeah. a perfect example. He changes body position while he's sleeping. He is much more slow to get up when there's a fire truck going by. Right. So Bob's behavior is a good indicator. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. What, what did the last time Bob was sick, what was it? We never found out. It was just something that he ate and he um, got over it in a week. We, yeah. I mean, took him to Mark's and Mark did an x-ray and said it wasn't uh, some obstruction. I think I waited a couple of days mm-hmm. and, yeah. and sure enough, Mark no, said. I think you, vis- I think you visited said, said emergency clinic and, yeah, yeah. and didn't I, get much relief. Yeah. And, and, and then I, I, I waited a couple of days and it kept it was ongoing. And so about the time you told me what I already knew, um, but I just had to hear it from you. Um, you know, he's on a, he's on a bland diet anyway. I, I cook him chicken and rice pretty much all the time There you go. Um, all right. to avoid this. And you know, it just went away. There just it is. The, as quickly as it came, it went away. There you go. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but that in between time was sort of a mess. Yeah. 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 I'm telling you, it, my personal experience, pumpkin, uh, works wonders, but I'm going to look into, uh, that psyllium uh, as well. That, that sounds interesting. All right. Well, Mark, Thanks for coming on yet again, and we'll have you on yet again in the future. And if anybody has an idea for something that they would like to quiz Dr. Williams about, um, you know, feel free to write into info at freeanimaldoctor.org and tell us about it. So what do you say, Sam? Bye, Mark. Bye, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Take care. All right, bye. So, hey, I'm Ryan. I'm back with Sam. Hi, I'm back. And we have got Mike Ryan on the line. Hi, Mike. Hi, how's it going? Good. We're doing good. How are you? Hey, just uh, keep going here. Keep, keep rescuing dogs and doing what we do. There you go. Living the dream, huh? Living the dream. That's it, right? <laughs> where, where are you right now calling us from? Where, where, what? Um, I'm in Apple Valley, California. Apple Valley, California. For people that don't know, where is Apple Valley? Don't say near the apples. I, <laughs> I haven't seen an apple up here yet. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a lie. It's like but, Iceland uh, or it's, Greenland. It's, yeah. yeah, it's Dale Evans and Roy Rogers' world up here, um, just in the high desert, just a little northeast of Los Angeles. There we go. And um, you are uh, retired, but do dog rescue now. And what rescue do you work with a lot? 
you volunteer with? Uh, well, I spend well, I spend a lot of time if I'm rescuing dogs. It's with uh, with Faith Eastdale and and Dreamfetchers Project Rescue. Okay. Um, I've rescued dogs. Another fellow named Brendan McMillan. Okay. And then I just get called to rescue dogs when I can. And I volunteer at a local dog rescue up here, a no-kill shelter called Beagles and Buddies. It's uh, not too far away from my house. So it's a nice little place to go work with dogs and try to help them get rehab so they can get uh, adopted and move on with their lives and get away from the ideas that they've been abandoned and tossed into a, into a rescue. Mike, am, am I uh, safe in assuming that you don't rescue anything other than dogs? Yes, I, I I don't rescue anything else at this point other than dogs. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Dogs keep me busy enough up oh, here. Of course. I'm just curious. And um, beagles yeah, and buddies, no. from the name, it's not just beagles or probably not even majority beagles. Uh, how no. many dogs would you say they have at any given point over there uh, available? Well, right now there's a little over 100 dogs probably. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. 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 It gives and people an idea of how big of an operation it is. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little daunting um, because – you know, there's some dogs that are there on a different sort of list, so it moves them slightly above 100, um, you know, mm-hmm. because there's some that will, can't be adopted until they are certified by a trainer. Even though they're great dogs, they just had an incident when they were young, and so they got labeled as, as vicious for some reason. Um, so that changes things. Um, but uh, the rest of them, it's just a various, varying in sizes from very small little fluffy dogs to chihuahuas all the way up to uh cane corsos and great danes so if somebody's looking to adopt a dog and uh, they're looking around for a place to do it you would obviously recommend beagles and buddies um other than just going on google like a grown adult and searching for it yourself <laughs> hello people and typing in beagles and buddies um how would they get a hold of beagles and buddies they have a website a facebook they have a website um that's probably the best way to communicate with them okay um, i'll put it in the show notes then- okay yeah. And they can see the uh, adoptable dogs, or there's probably a list of adoptable dogs on there. Yeah, there's a. I take a lot of the photos of the larger oh, dogs. Okay. So um, if they go online and go, there's a there's a full list of all the available dogs, and uh, there's an adoption form. Um, they can fill out an email in, and then go from there. All right. Yeah, you know, Mike, I'm just trying to get my head around. Sure. How, how you feed 100 dogs, then how you clean up the mess for 100 dogs, and how you exercise 100 dogs, your day is done, then you start all over. Well, I don't think it's only Mike. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's squirrely. I mean, there's there's um, a full-time fellow that's there all the time. Um, he does a lot of the cleaning of the outside kennels. There's about uh, 70 dogs out in that area, um, and he does those ones every day, and there's some help that comes in, some volunteer help and some paid help that comes in, helps on other days. Um, and there's a couple of large play yards we're able to get the dogs out into so they can do their thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. But it's hard to get every dog out every day. You may get uh, in, in two days, you might get them all out um, if there's enough people there. Well, and, I was just giving you a compliment. So yeah. it's, it's and this is in nice Apple job. Valley as well, Beagles and yeah. Buddies. Yeah. Okay. So people know. Yeah. 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 All right. It's a challenge. Thank you for the compliment. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And well, speaking of dogs uh, and rescue, um, you recently rescued a dog that's going by the name of Clark. And he looks, what, what would you say Clark is? He's some sort of what mix? Probably a, a Mastiff or Pit mix of some sort. Okay. Um, yeah, because when you said King Corso, you kind of made me think. I don't think he is, but he kind of has that look a little bit. But yeah, okay. Mastiff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got the look, no doubt. Um, Good looking you know, dog. It's tough to tell. Yeah, it's tough to tell with him because there's when I first rescued him, there wasn't a lot of flesh on him. He was basically a skeleton covered with yes. a layer of skin. 
Yes, very, um, very bony. So, yeah. You know, Faith thought, oh, he looks like a, he looks like a, uh, oh, heck, I can't think of them all of a sudden. Uh, sharp A, there you go. Uh, yeah, um, he looks look like, like a sharp He's got the but face. Said, yeah. Yeah, the funny thing is, I mean, but th- then when he started to get, you know, some flesh underneath him, there you go. Nope, he's not a sharp A. I could tell he wasn't a sharp A. His, his, his skin was so loose. He go, oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. fine. Oh yeah, and he's too tall and too big. But but yeah, I see what she's saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, had yeah, that that loose skin because he was uh, starved, basically. So yeah. yeah, what happened with that dog? Tell us very briefly. Um, you, I guess, Faith originally got contacted about him, or it was you, and he was where? Yeah, and well, what happened? Sure. Yeah, a local woman had seen him out there, um, and she didn't have the capacity to do anything, so she reached out, and Faith reached out to me. So I went out there. Um, out actually, uh, out near, not too far away from my house, actually hmm. in Apple Valley in a little piece of the desert out here. Right. Um, went out there, I was told he was injured, um, with a bad leg or something like that. So I went out there, um, you know, I couldn't spot him initially. Then I, then I, then I, I parked my car and, and got out and there he was right beside me. I was looking the other, other, other side of my car and he was right there. I wouldn't let you get within about 50, 60 feet of him though. But he was really limping badly. His front right leg looked like it had been damaged somehow. Um, and he was basically, you know, not able to move effectively. Um, he, he was, like I say, it was a skeleton with some flesh on him. Um, so an injured dog out here in the desert, you can't really hunt for food, can't do much for food. Where he was was a very difficult place it just slowly, um, to try to. slowly dies by uh, starvation, right? Yeah, or, or thirst. Yes. I mean, there's no water either. Yeah, both yeah, things, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because the weather was just, you know, I say just, just in the 90s um, at that point in the daytime. Right. This is a few um, weeks ago, just before the big heat wave hit. So it's it's lucky that you got him yeah. when you did because he definitely. But anyway, how'd you rescue him? Well, I went out the first night and I'll set the trap. He wanted nothing to do with anything I put out there. None of the food, none of the stuff that usually works. Um, so I, I had to, I said, okay, I've got to, I had my dogs to worry about, so I had to come back home and do with them. Oh, and to interrupt um, next for Sam, to, it, just in case people don't know, they have these sure. large traps because this is a, yeah, this dog would be like 80 pounds that they walk into and there's food at the back of the trap and it triggers a plate, which it then shuts the door. Shuts the door. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the big live traps right. um, they're the, the, the humane live traps. And I have a six foot one here that faith lets me keep up in the high desert because it's a busy place, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so so the next morning I went out first thing, first light, um, didn't see him anywhere, but the, but the trap out there, um, I knew he wouldn't come anywhere near it if I was nearby. So I, I, I tucked myself away. I went over to Beagles and buddies to work for a bit. Um, came back a couple of hours later and I didn't think he was in the trap. But as I got a little closer, I go, the trap door was closed, but I didn't see any movement in it. Usually you'll see movement in the trap. There was none. But when I got up there, I noticed he was in the trap. Um, when I pulled up alongside, I got out of it. I got out of my car, walked by the trap. Um, and the only thing I thought he was dead, um, cause the only thing that moved, and then I saw the only thing that moved were his eyes uh-huh. and I saw the exact condition up close. He was just, he was on his last leg. His eyes would basically look like I'm, I'm done. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what he was saying with his eyes. I'm done. And so I took him to the, took him to the vet right away, um, where they started him on, they gave him lots of food and water, but then they took x-rays of him, found out the nature of the break in his right arm. Right. Um, his blood work came back fairly, fairly good, which is other than being starved and, and, and you know, right. suffering from deep thirst. Um, but it was a difficult procedure. I mean, I, I honestly didn't think he was going to go in the trap hmm. because he wouldn't want anything to do with the food the night before. And right. I, I figured like he was at this point 
which happens sometimes with starving dogs where they just kind of give up and they just won't eat. Right. Maybe and he went in for I was the water. Very, very worried. Hmm. Yeah. And there was, I put water in there too. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, same thing. He didn't want anything to do with either the water or oh. the food. Hmm. And so that was made me extremely worried about that. Right. Um, but it so worked I out. Thought, you know, and it how, finally did. I mean, I was surprised. And how long ago was that? This just this was actually uh, the the night I went out was actually two weeks tonight when uh, I went out to look for. Him. And how's Clark and doing now? I, he's doing great. Um, he he just went, actually was at the vet today again. He went down to an orthopedic surgeon today down in Anaheim. Um, he's been living with a foster family. Some friends of mine took him in. I wanted to get him out of the vet's office, so he boarded at the vet's for. Let's see, um, one, two, three, four nights, I think. And then he went into my friend's place as a foster, and he started to bloom right away. Um, his personality started to come out. He's very playful. He gets along well with other dogs. He's pretty He's pretty funny, actually. And he's um, young, too, right? They think he's... Uh... Yeah, he's about four to five years okay. old, we okay. figure. Um, and, you know, he still wants to play around. But today he went down to the orthopedic surgeon where they, where they took some x-rays of him. He does have some issues. Uh, the break in his right leg is an old, old break, as the vet, as the vet said, the orthopedic surgeon. Um, and they just put a, a splint on it today. Um, Wednesday, next week, they will put uh, pins in it and reset it because um, both bones are broken and it's a bad heel. Um, initially, we thought it was cancer because of the way it looked, but the doctor today said, no, I don't see any signs of that. It's just an old, old break that wasn't healing very well because he was trying to live on it. Um, but they did find out today also, because they were concerned about it, um, that is, he has uh, two torn ACLs in his back legs. Um, mm. the, sever- the severity of those is to be decided, but probably one of them will need surgery. Okay. And there is but a... Otherwise, he's a playful, loving dog. He's probably put on 15 pounds in the last right. week. Wow. There is a fundraiser for him, by the way, on Free Animal Doctor. We are raising money for Faith Easdale's Dream Fetchers, which is paying the bills for him. Um, already raised about $2,000, but he's going to need a little bit more. Um, good news that he doesn't have to lose that front leg. That was one concern because if it yes. had been cancer, they might have to amputate it or or something. But um, still, orthopedic work is mm-hmm. is uh, going to be pricey. Any other dogs up there, Mike, that you want to tell us about that people might be interested in adopting? Sure. Um one of the ones recently, well, rescued it a few months ago, um, was a dog named Roger. Um, Roger's a German Shepherd mix of sorts. He's uh, he, he had been out in the desert, well, not in the desert, basically. He was in the off-ramp from Highway 15 uh, into Roy Rogers Boulevard up here. Um, and he'd been living there since October. And we caught him back in March, I want to say. Wow. Um, late February, early March. He supposedly belonged to a homeless man who passed away, but then when they picked him up and moved him, the dog stayed there. Um, so the dog lived on the off-ramp in the hopes that daddy would come home. Hmm. Um, but we trapped him, um, had to rehab him because he wasn't used to being around humans again. And then now he's amazing. He plays with other dogs. He loves to be petted. He lets, he lets people brush him. He's had a couple of meet and greets, and they've all gone really well. Just people, you know, people just decided they didn't really want that big a dog. Um, but he's just a beautiful, beautiful boy. And he's just, uh, we hit, we have him out playing. He plays the little, uh, pit mix we have out there. And then he plays another dog I rescued from a backyard breeding place, a Kelpie named Hunter. And they just run around and play. It's fun to watch. I mean, here's these three dogs that are all in different positions mm. of being rescued and, you know, and suffering rather tough lives. 
and here they go and play in the yard. It's fun to watch. And he's a neat dog. All right. Roger. Okay. Yep. I'll put a link to him. So Mike, there's a special place in heaven for you. I'm sure from doing all this, how did you, how did you get into this? Um, um, I mean, how long have you been in the rescue business? Well, it was funny when, when I retired from, from teaching, um, I thought, well, okay, now I get to spend time with my dogs. And then unfortunately one of my dogs that I, I, I got from a local rescue here just had passed away. And I said, well, okay, I've got to do something to, to get back with dogs. And I had a couple of dogs already, but I started volunteering over Beagles and Buddies. And then I was taking one of my dogs from just behind there. I was taking one of my dogs for a hike and we're driving up this road. And there's these two little chihuahuas out there in the middle of the desert. I'm on, this is nuts. They can't live out here. They'll be killed by coyotes or owls and like that. So I tried to trap them. I failed. But then all of a sudden, one night, Faith Eastdale shows up <laughs> and she's got some people. And so she rescues. It took her three days to get these dogs. Um, the one went in the trap the first night. I took it over to Beagles and Buddies. Um, it's since living in a foster in San Diego and, and probably a foster fail, I hope. Um, but uh, the other little white one, it took her three days and two nights and faith just never left. Um, and I would, you know, take them coffee and, and food and stuff and help wherever I could. And, and I said, this is a person I want to get to know and work with. And, uh, so I started doing more work with her and more work with rescues and then got into more and more of it. So it's been, uh, it's been a passion to help those folks and to help those dogs that have been dumped out here in the desert or just lost in the desert. Um, in the case of those chihuahuas, they were dumped, um, you know, so, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. And the other one's been adopted as well. It's been adopted by a family in uh, Redlands area, I think. Yeah. So that's a, that's a nice nice part of the story. They've both been adopted. But that was how I first met Faith and got into the whole idea of dog rescuing. Because to me, it was a, a foreign entity. I mean, didn't realize it was a thing. And I didn't had, have any knowledge, really, of the live traps. Um, so now I'm, I'm pretty good at that. And rescued about 90 some odd dogs in the last year and a half that's what i was just going to ask you how okay 90 yeah that's a pretty it's substantial kind of amazing number how this came to you instead of you coming to it right i mean that's yeah. it's when you kind of realize there's an element of kismet or fate there whatever yeah, you want to call yeah. it you know, i mean there it is yeah yeah, yeah. providence whatever you want to say yeah. okay well very good roger uh beagles and buddy roger the dog and available for adoption <laughs> at uh beagles and buddies up in apple valley and also clark i assume um who would clark be adopted through beagles and buddies or through dream fetchers probably through dream, dream fetchers okay. at this point but um, we're waiting to see about his medical anyway so he's not quite yeah. ready to go out the door yeah. unless somebody's really yeah. interested yeah well, yeah, if somebody's really interested, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's going to have to have some work done on the back leg. The front leg will, I said, be pinned on, get pins in it on Wednesday. Okay. And he'll be just on limited, limited movement. That's all for a while. Yeah. Even, yeah you know, so. Yeah. But he's, you know, it's going to be tough for him because he's a playful dog. He wants to play and do stuff. Or, yeah, okay. You know, or he'll just hang out, whatever, whatever works. Yeah. But he yeah. likes to play when he can. Yeah. We'll post some updates on his fundraiser on the freeanimaldoctor.org uh, website because he, um. I've seen some of the more recent pictures just in two weeks. You can see in the pictures, the, um, mm. the, the weight he's gained, the muscle, you know, that's how skinny he was. I mean, it, he was down to the bone. So you can literally like see like, Oh, okay. It's not as bad as it was two weeks ago. He's putting on weight. Yeah, you, you felt like if you were going to pet him, you'd break a bone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how bad it was. I mean, his spine, his spine was completely visible. Yeah. Um, that's a bad sign. Yeah. You could go basically the, three quarters of the rib was visible. Right. That's how deeply the skin had fallen in between the ribs. Right. 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 That's yeah. terrifying to look at. Oh yeah. Worst, I mean, yeah. 
Oh, and they, I'm they sure get people have seen damage, worse, but, you know, and other things mm-hmm. like that. And but fortunately, he didn't have any of that. So you know, he's no. got a a few very typical. I mean, a broken bone, probably jumped off something, got hit by a car, or something like that. And then the um, the ACL thing that happens in those large dogs all the time. So that's very common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, and so, you know, for what, whatever it's worth, I mean, I know people out there that rescue have probably seen worse, but it was the worst case of of malnutrition and starvation that I'd seen in my short time in this. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you could get much worse. I mean, otherwise the dog would be dead. I mean, yeah, he was very, yeah. yeah again, if people are interested, go to freeanimaldoctor.org. Um, and you'll, uh, I think it's like the fifth or sixth dog currently, uh, listed down. It's, um, rescue dogs need help, uh, fundraiser. And, uh, it's very, you'll see it right away. And there's a number of pictures from yeah, the rescue. Well, just, there's the, videos of the day. The name. Clark, huh? Clark, right? Yeah. It's not under Clark. <laughs> it's go. under rescue dogs need help because of, uh, oh, I see. It, it's multiple dogs, yeah. but you'll see the video and yeah, there's video of, uh, and pictures of the day that Mike picked him up. I mean, like of him, of him in the crate, the day that you trapped him carrying yeah. the trap from the, uh, yeah. location, the, over to your um, car SUV and putting it in the back um, out in the middle. You know, again, this is not driving down a road and like picking up the dog from the side of the road. You're out in the desert. Yeah. On the sand, four wheel driving it out there, um, getting these guys. So, yeah, sadly too, he was, he, one of the other people I know said, Oh yeah, I've seen that. I go, why didn't you tell me anything? Cause they said they saw him out there eating, eating a a corpse of something out there. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay, so that's what he was trying to do to survive. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of weird too. I mean, you know, there he sits and doing all this, and you go, he, he could barely move. He would move from bush to bush and just basically lay there. Yeah, well, imagine how hot it was yeah. for him. You know, oh, yeah. the, the the sun just beating on him, um, even in the shade and in the high desert out there, and the amount of energy it takes to move a big dog like that around and, and do anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, terrible. Well, Mike. It was uh, good to talk to you. I'm sure we'll talk to you again. We'll get Faith back on here and talk about more rescue dogs. Anything to throw in at the last moment, Sam, before we close it up for the... Um, no, I was just going to mention, you said you're a teacher, right, Mike? Yes. Oh, uh, sorry. We got a bit yes. there. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to tell you, one time I taught at a community college, just an evening class. And up until oh, and up until the time I taught, my opinion of teachers was if I got an A, they were very good teachers. And anything less than that, they kind of sucked. Of course, it couldn't be, right. my, couldn't be my fault. But, 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 but having taught, uh, it is a heck of a tough profession. I mean, you got to be a little bit of a uh, uh, noise behind us. Um, so hands off or hats off to you for that as well. It's just it's just hard. You got to be a little bit of an entertainer. Um, so it's just oh, yeah. it's tough to teach. Well, it's funny because one of my friends who's a he trains dogs that are labeled as aggressive or or you know they're they're vicious or whatever. And we worked on one dog just and you know I brought it out so he could meet it so he could take it with him and, he, and we'd got to talking and I worked with him a couple times since then. He goes. And we start, you get, you get the backstory. I mean, he goes, now I know why you're good at this. I go, why? Cause you've been in the classroom for 30 some odd years. You know, you, nothing really phases you. I go, you're right. Nothing really phases me. I mean, dog comes up with its teeth. I go, at least I know where I stand. You know I mean? I'm good. There you go. Well, we won't talk about that in this podcast. Maybe we can have a beer sometime. You can tell me the crazy stories. That's it. Yeah. We'll do that. All right. <laughs> Take care, nice Mike. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Pleasure to meet you guys as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. Sure.
Sam, I think that's bringing us to the end of the podcast for today. It's a good, good, uh, good podcast. Uh, two interesting groups of people or two interesting different people, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Two people. They're not groups. Yes. A group of two interesting people, but they weren't really a group. They're separate. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, it was, it was, it was nice. It was a, yeah. Dr. Uh, Williams and rescue and some medical science. I like it. All so. right. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, anything to add from the beautiful city here? Well, of Sierra as, as always, if you guys have, uh, have listened to this point in time, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. That's right. Bob is up and running around. He uh, slept through most of the podcast. It is sleeping weather, though. It's hot and humid. Sadly, most people listening, hopefully, didn't, they didn't put that to sleep. Well, you know, it, it, it is, um, you know, if it, if it uh, helps cure insomnia, we've, we've achieved something. That's right. Right. You should get fees or something. That's right. Right. Yeah. Now that we're ending, ending it, Bob has woken up. So maybe that's not the, the best sign. Right. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to call it a day from the lovely city of Sierra Madre. As always, you can find us on your favorite podcasting app location. Um, you can also find our podcast on our website. We call it the Fadcast, F-A-D-C-A-S-T, as a play on podcast. The Fadcast. This was episode five. And, and tell your and friends and neighbors. Is free Animal Doctor. Fad is Free Animal Doctor. FreeAnimalDoctor.org is our website. You can find us on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams of the world out there. And um, we try to come out with this podcast about every week or two weeks. So hopefully we'll have a new episode out in about a week. And I, I encourage everybody uh, and anybody and everybody yeah. to go on our website and donate whatever you can to some of these animals. Yeah, have find one, give them some money. And make them better. Um, tax, tax deductible, we don't charge any fees or costs, so it's a great thing for the animal. So please do that. There you go. And um, if you have anything to say about the podcast, um, advice, complaints, comments. Especially if you like me better than Ryan. If you like Sam better than Ryan. If you have a suggestion <laughs> for an alternative to diet soda. And um, if you have a, uh, uh, a question for the veterinarian, because we're going to have Mark Williams back on uh, multiple times. So if you would like to get some advice or a topic from a veterinarian, let me know. And um, if any of you are involved in traffic control and can volunteer to <laughs> yeah. block the cars yeah. well, on Sam Street. Should have shut the window. That's, yeah, that's I know, but it's hot. Yeah. yeah. What can we do? But anyway, that's it for now. We will hit you up next time. Thanks for listening, as Sam said. And uh, Sam, say goodnight. Say goodnight, Sam. There we go. Bye. Actually, wait a minute. I'm supposed to say, say goodnight, Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. Say, say goodnight, Sam. Goodnight, Sam. There we go. All right. Got to have that to close Perfection. it off. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.